song of praise in our hearts, whether it's a kind of mental and firm recommendation of praise, whether it's a profound meditation of praise, however it takes us form, be sure to do it. Be sure to declare it, David says. And so pass down the knowledge of God's gracious acts to another generation. The second, first thing that stands out, the second is the importance of passing down a history of grace. What is grace? Grace is God's love made active. That the God loves us and he makes that love active in our lives. He does something about it. And we're called to make that known to generations. A detailed account of God's gracious acts to the next generation. That's why he, in this kind of passage, he brackets this passage, verse 4, with that, that idea. One generation shall commend your works to another. Verse 4 and verse 12. To make known to the children of man your mighty deeds. The importance of doing this. Making it known from one person to the next, to the next, to the next. Now, if you were a young Hebrew man or woman, in Old Testament times, you would have had three sources of knowing what God has done. All right, you would have had your, uh, your temple priest or prophet. Okay, you'd hear them every once in a while. Sometimes they feel impersonal, admittedly. You had your dad. And finally, you had someone known as your sheik. That's right, your sheik. Some of you guys are just giving me strange looks. That's because when we think of sheik, what do we normally think of? You think of uh, a guy in white, flowing robes, who might own lots of oil. <laughs> right? Something like that when I think of sheik. All right? But there's actually sheik comes with it, the idea in, in the Old Testament. In the West, now, we have these nuclear families. We call them nuclear families because they're small, right? You got the mom, dad, or something like that, and two kids, and... That's like called a nuclear family. But in Old Testament times, families were large and they always stayed together. You had, it always included the aunts, the uncles, the cousins, the servants, all together. The leader of what we would call extended families was the father. But then there would be a leader of a group of families who would come together and he was known as a sheik. For instance, Abraham and his heirs were called sheiks. And on one occasion, Abraham's able to raise up 318 fighting men, quote-unquote, born of his household. We'll read that in Genesis 14, 14. Similar idea when, when Mary and Joseph traveled, seemed to travel with such an extended and, and groups of families, I should say, when they went to Jerusalem with Jesus when he was 12. You can read about that in Luke 2, verse 44. So, when, so you would have learned history certainly from your dad, but there would have been times, special festivals, where you would have gathered together with your tribe or your clan. You would have heard more about your people and your tribe and God's saving acts from this leader of groups of families. It was a cool, cool thing, you know. And as, as a young child, you would have been in awe and looked up to, oh, this is really cool. Everyone together. A true family reunion. But... As time went on in Israel's history, Israel persistently disobeyed and God disciplined his people by sending them into exile, slaves. 
And they were surrounded with all kinds of pagan and secular practices and education. And as that happened, the family unit became more fragmented as people got parceled out to different areas and different trades to be slaves. The family unit became fragmented. And out of this came the synagogue. Because these family units couldn't stay together, so they found ways to still worship together and find family together, even though it wasn't blood family. Fragmented families coming down to, to pass down God's teaching and His saving acts to a new generation. And friends, I bring this up because in one sense, synagoguing is where we find ourselves today. Even if your mom, your dad, your grandfather, you know, etc., trust Jesus and are part of God's family with you, a lot of us, most likely most of us, do not live near our family. We're not around our family as much. God's local church is your extended family where you are going to hear about God's gracious acts, not only in His Word, but in current times, in our church, now in Cayman. This is where you're going to hear it and pass stories down to generations. How can we do this? How we, can we commend His works and declare His mighty acts to generations of children, to new generations of people who commit themselves to this church if we do not hear of such acts? How can we pass on the history of grace if we don't step out to declare how God took his love and made it active in our lives? And that's why we're here this morning. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, um, we are here this morning to declare and to hear of your mighty acts among your people. Where else are we going to hear it? We might hear it here and there, I guess, over conversations if we're bold enough to really ask someone, What's God, what is God doing in your life? But I'm excited this morning, Lord, and I pray that all of us will be excited to have this time where we can hear from so many people, Lord, about what God has done in their lives over this past year. Your saving acts, your acts of deliverance, your small acts, Lord, quote-unquote small acts, which are really profound acts of blessing in our life. Help us step out in faith, Lord, and be willing to share this morning. That we might pass this on, not only to generations of physical young children, but generations of our church, Lord, new believers, new members of the church. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you, everyone. Um, just hearing that song here now, and just seeing Ray get up and, and use the talents that God's, God has blessed him with. Just gives me so much to be thankful to the Lord for, for this year. I think as a church we've just, we've honestly got so much just to thank and praise him, our Lord and Savior Jesus. I just see so many people here and every week I'm seeing new faces, new people and I'm also, every week I'm getting to know people better and more intimately and it's just such been such a blessing in my life this year it's just been so amazing seeing the lord's hand upon this church and where he's taking it and i really believe we need to just give him the praise and the glory for that so if you just pray with me heavenly father 
Lord, we just want to give you the honor and the praise today. We are so cognizant of your hand in each of our lives, Lord, and upon this church as a whole, Lord God. I thank you for bringing forth the right people at the right time this year, Lord God, just to to build your church and to to help each one of us to just grow closer to you, Lord God. Thank you for every person in every area, Lord, whether it be in children's church, in hospitality, in outreach, Lord, in in prayer, in in ministry to the prisoners, Lord God, in every single area, Lord, you're you're faithful to bless those receiving touch through you and by your Holy Spirit, as well as those who you have chosen and called, Lord God, to administer your touch. Lord, we just we give you the thanks and the praise, Lord God. We thank you for this year, for growing us, for moving within us, and for just always having your faithful, wondrous hand and touch upon us, Lord God. We thank you for your Son, Lord God, and just his finished work on the cross, Lord, that we can come to you, that we can live a life, not of guilt, Lord, but just robed and covered by your Son's finished work, Lord God, knowing that we get to spend eternity with you, praising you and just forever going deeper in you, Lord God. Thank you for your hand and your work this year, Lord God. We just give you the honor, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Morning, I'm Jeff, and uh, when I remember him talking about doing this uh, coming up, I'm like, oh, that's not for me. But uh, I did have to say something this morning. Um, Theo's mom's here too, but I, Andrew had a friend stay over this week uh, weekend. who's a dear friend of his, and um, it's something we not only I am thankful for, but really K Man should be thankful for. And there's a school that's been opened by a woman named Samantha. And the reason I'm bringing it up also is because it is about Jesus. You said keep it about Jesus. But this woman, Samantha, uh, ran the um, Learning Support Center at the uh, St. Ignatius when Andrew was there, my son, who has some dyslexia and other issues of learning problems, disabilities. And she started a school out of nothing over in Grand Harbor called Hope Academy. And it was for kids that are bright but have learning problems and basically are flunking out of school. And, you know, in Cayman, we talk about unemployment mobility and we have issues of crime in Cayman, kids that are flunking out and that kind of thing. And she's been very quietly doing something about it. And she's done it through prayer. The whole time she was trying to get her stuff together and had zoning problems and, you know, it was an overwhelming task. Every time I saw her, she was talking about and the Lord's, you know, trying me, but he, she believed that God was that she was on a mission and to do God's will, and uh, it was spirit-led. So that's one reason I wanted to bring it up today too. Anyway, the school has been successful, and the bookstore closed, and all these other businesses in in uh, Grand Harbor are closing, giving her more space to grow. And uh, it just grows and grows and grows, and it's been a tremendous blessing, and I'm so thankful because my son has gone from flunking out of school, hating going to school, low self-esteem, to, you know, B's and C's, good friendships, and uh, great self-esteem. And what can you do for this island more than that? So I'm thankful as a parent, but as a person living in Cayman, I'm also very thankful for Hope Academy 
and Samantha Tibbetts, who has uh, been led by God to do something for this island. Thank you. My name is James. I've been part of uh, Sunrise Community since um, since January this year, and that's my th where 2010 begins for me and reflecting on what God has done for me and my family. Uh, we have two children who were born that 22 weeks, and I just say that 2010 has seen the hand of the Lord on them as they grow, they're speaking, they're interacting, arguing, trying to walk, showing a ton of determination, and I just want to thank God for his hand and especially on my, my wonderful wife who she amazes me every day with her, her love for those boys and her, her strength and I just sort of, I say God you set this up and you began the work and you, you started in big, big time and you're proceeding and uh, that's my testimony for his hand upon the boys and my wife the other testimony I have is for this year for me and I was not being in fellowship for 10 years I said to, I said to the God there's no, there's no church in this island where, where you're moving so I'm going to take a leave of absence and then I came here for a recommendation of a friend from the Isle of Man and um, a week later I met Ryan he came into our office to sort out his insurance and uh, there began a long friendship and then God got me involved in the um, eldership training and uh, he even got me to stand up and preach one Sunday and now he's got me in community group um, and Ryan was talking last week about me time and I'm incredibly guilty of me time as well and God sort of I'm looking to God and he it's like he wants me to step out of me and back into serving and and that starts at home with your children and your wife and then um, it stands out to your fellowship and the church and I just want to thank you for 2010. Good morning. Uh, my name is Nathan. This is my wife Jennifer. Uh, we're fairly new to the island. Um, got here at the end of September. Um, but mostly, I guess what we're thankful for is uh, kind of a revelation of kind of what's important in life. Um, we come from uh, New Jersey most recently in the New York City area and um, just lends itself to very uh, selfish, very uh, career motivated, uh, like just... Rat race. Rat race, there you go. <laughs> so coming here was just an opportunity we, we saw to get out of that a bit and um, it's been everything that we wanted it to be. And, um, you know, it's letting us spend more time together, less time focused on our career, um, while still allowing us, you know, the progression that we need. We've been really thankful for finding good friends as soon as we moved here. Everything kind of just seemed very orchestrated. We found this church through a blog for someone who doesn't even go here and uh, checked it out. They're very comfortable here um, and very much uh, feel the presence of the Lord here. So just very thankful and uh, looking forward to meeting and getting to know everybody here. Thanks. Hi, uh, well, my name is Jeremy and uh, I just wanted to share a little bit of um, 
kind of something the way that God's been working in our life and in my family um, probably over the past uh, month or two. Um, just a brief history. I come from a, a rather large family, a very close-knit family, especially on my mother's side, extended family. Um, if we ever went two weeks without seeing each other, it would be um, a, a real strange thing. So we came from a really, really tight-knit family until about six years ago. Um, my mother, in particular, with her and one of her sisters, she's the oldest of five, um, my mother, along with her brothers and sisters, kind of got in a fight with her older, or one of her other sisters. And um, so one of, basically, my aunt and her family were really set aside from the rest of the family in this big dispute over, you know, to this day, we have a hard time really remembering what it was even over. Um, so the last six years have been incredibly difficult, especially for my mom, my mom who's kind of in the center of this. And um, truthfully, she has kind of a hard time with forgiveness. And um, so I tell you that because about a month ago, my, my grandfather went in for a uh, routine physical. And in the physical, his doctor found that his heart was 95% blocked. And he would have to go to an emergency uh, triple bypass surgery. So in that time, uh, there was about a week time before his surgery, um, family scrambled from the Midwest, from California, from Oregon, where we're from, and they all came together. And for about a week, they spent time with my grandpa, um, everybody really praying for, for my grandpa, for his healing, for the doctors, for, for their wisdom and their guidance. Um, and the night before the surgery, my family was all together. And uh, with... with um, my aunt and, and uncle who are particularly estranged from our family and um, through through Christ's redeeming love alone um, my mom and my aunt and uncles were able to come together and set all their hindrances aside and uh, and really just break down the barriers not pointing fingers at anything but just saying I'm sorry and I miss you and I love you and uh, really if you know anything about my family my family's great but as great as they are they're equally stubborn and uh, so it wasn't anything but by the power of God um, that this took place. So we're just incredibly, incredibly thankful for that. And, um, I, I mentioned we spent time praying for my grandfather. And, and one of the great, great things about God is the way that he works in mysterious ways. And uh, as we prayed for my grandpa for his healing, I truly believe that he identified that the healing that needed to take place then and there was not for my grandfather. It was for the rest of my family to come together. Um, so I'm just so, so thankful for the way that he worked there. That he's a, a God who desires reconciliation in our lives and ultimately to reconcile back to him. Um, so just just so thankful for the way that he took a situation that was seemingly terrible. Um, and he can do that in any situation and turn it to, for our good and ultimately for his glory. So so thankful for that. Hi everyone, my name's Tara. If you ever doubted whether God can move mountains, he just moved me from up there to down, down here, that's like moving a mountain. Anyway, it wouldn't be right um, not to come down and to um, tell you about how God has moved in my life. Well, it's a long story. Ryan and Katie and the gorgeous boys have been brought into my life by God and um, it's a direct answer to prayer. Katie's become like a sister to me and she has this amazing connection with God because 
I needed something in my life. I worked with Cayman's Acts of Random Kindness. It's been going for four years. And there was a time when I felt like folding, like I couldn't do it anymore. And um, Katie came into my life and she prayed that God would send some Christians into my life and some people to help with Cayman's Ark. And um, it was like poof. I had three women call me and say, right, I'm ready. I can give you five hours a day, five days a week. And it has just, just really been fantastic because I couldn't really cope with it all by myself. And um, really, it's, I was looking at that and it says, but without me, you can do nothing. I mean, that is so true. I mean, without God, without Jesus, he has taken Cayman's Ark, just a dream, and he has taken us into the community and revealed families to us. We don't even have to do anything. I mean, he just brings them to us, reveals them to us in emails and phone calls and through other people. It's just like this big spotlight. We don't even have to look for people. It's like, okay, this person, God just lifts them up and hands them to us and then gives us the resources to help them, whether it's a bed or a crib or baby supplies or food or a home or counseling. It's the people on the streets, the people God called us to go out and work with, you know, and it's just been the most phenomenal journey, and it would be wrong not to stand here and tell you that God is in every single detail of my life and every single detail of your lives and the people out there who have nothing, you know, who may have had support and had, had a a life and then have nothing you never know when it's going to be you and that's why we have to behave like brothers and sisters with a great love for one another and a great compassion and Cayman's art the greatest thing about it is is God gave us this this ideal that you would move into a situation with compassion without judgment you you, you people so quickly rush to judgment judgment oh well you got pregnant when you were 16, it's no wonder you're in this position. Or you've had five children, well, just stop having children, don't you know about birth control? God doesn't behave like that. And that's the most amazing thing about Cayman's Ark, is it's, it's becoming full of people who feel that way and have had that experience in their own life, and it's paying it forward. And so I just want to thank Jesus for bringing Katie and Ryan and their children into my life. It's just such a direct answer to prayer. And I want to thank God for Sunrise Church. It's just, it's so powerful. You could just feel it. It's beautiful. And I want to thank God for Cayman's Ark and for all the people that he brings to help with his vessel. It is his vessel. And we are just his hands and feet. And that is a daily prayer, that we would be his hands and feet and thank you, Lord, O oh God, O oh gracious King of kings, O oh merciful Father, thank you. This is a tremendous blessing. I'm not up here on my own behalf. Um, Anya Gale, who's part of our uh, congregation. Anya couldn't be here this morning because she is part of, uh, like a lot of people this morning, part of... Uh, Marathon. There's a picture of her and her sweet, sweet daughter Haley there. Um, but she wanted to uh, just share her testimony. She, she, she just uh, sent it to me, emailed it to me. So I'll read it. I wanted to tell you my story of how God came back into my life. Uh, to start, I grew up Catholic, as did everyone around me. 
Uh, southern Switzerland is very close to the Vatican, and there is not much room for anything other. But uh, as I grew older and traveled, I simply could not understand why God would want um, uh, the papal authorities, I, I'm editing this word here, <laughs> to live in so much richness. If you've been to the Vatican, you will understand and have his followers in most parts of the world to live in heartbreaking poverty. It just could not be right, so I lost my faith slowly but steadily. Or worse, I simply stopped talking to God. And I thought I did not need God, right? I'm a very A-type personality. I was successful in my education, and after that at work, in sports, in my life. So I thought, as I always followed the rules, I was the king of the world. Until one night, I was sitting in the passenger seat and took the seatbelt off for one minute just to pick up a candy that had fallen. And bang, out of nowhere came this car and we hit it at full speed. And next thing I know, my head hits the front window and I can clearly hear a crack in my neck. For whatever reason, I never lost consciousness and still remember now clearly, I clearly knew I had broken my neck. So as I was waiting for the ambulance and said my first prayer in years, I begged, please God, let me be able to still use my arms and legs. Please, let me not be paralyzed at age 22. As I was lying in the helicopter getting airlifted to a hospital specializing in fractures in the spine, I kept talking to God and said, why me? I am a good girl. I do everything right. I follow the rules. Why me? I was angry at God. I couldn't understand why he'd let this happen to me. Once in the hospital, my diagnosis was that I had fractured two vertebrae and ripped my left uh, shoulder muscle pretty much all the way through. At this point, my left arm was numb. I could not move or lift it. The doctor said, we have to put a corset in to stabilize your neck. We can only deal with your arm once your neck is strong enough for it. Which took, a very long, which took a long time and gave sufficient time to lie in bed and have animated conversations with God. I felt very sorry for myself and was still very angry at God. It took a while until my neck got strong to tempt physio. I still remember standing in front of a mirror and not being able to lift my arm, hearing the doctor say the nerve endings have been separated. And as uh, we had to wait so long to even attempt physiotherapy, you will never regain full uh, motoric function in your arm. What? I thought I'm 22. I need my arm. Again, I asked God, why? Why are you doing this to me? I started crying and a nurse walks by and asked, why are you crying? And I told her the story and said, no one here can help me. She said, I'll tell you what. I have a friend. He is a doctor in physiotherapy from Russia who, uh, who used to work with the gymnastic girls team. Would you like me to talk to him? My first thought was, a Russian doctor. Hmm. Did he... <laughs> Do they even have... <laughs> Remember, I'm not reading. This is not my words. <laughs> Do they even have competent doc doctors in Russia? <laughs> Anyhow, I got set up with Boris. So in our first section, I bit my teeth together, held my breath, trying to cope with the mind-blowing pain. So he looked at me and said, What are you... I can't do a Russian accent. She tries in the email. <laughs> what are you doing? I said, What do you mean? He said... I tell you something, you will cry at the thought to come and see me. You will cry out in pain all through the session. And you will cry tears of relief once you go home. 
So no matter what, you will cry. So you need to accept it and have faith. You'll be able to deal with it. God is your safety net. If you surrender to Christ and let him take over, he will take care of you. What? Could it be that easy? I thought, oh, well, I might as well give it a try and did. To my astonishment, it worked. I cried and it was painful, but I suddenly felt this peace through Christ and trusted that he would somehow sort it out, and he did. My arm is not as it was before, but so much better than I'd hoped for. And for the first time in my life, I felt true gratitude. I realized how much I had to be thankful for, and there's always, there will always be God's safety net to fall on if I would just take a leap of faith and let it happen. From that day I did, and guess what? He's never failed.